This episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by Open Gaming Store. PDFs and print. Come on in. And listeners like you, thanks for using The Tome's Amazon and DMs Guild affiliate links. Hi, this is Brian R. James, the better James brother, and you're listening to The Tome. Welcome to The Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome host, Jeff Greiner. And in this episode, number 274, we need a hero. We're holding out for a hero till the end of the podcast. He's gotta have scimitars, he's gotta fight drow, and he's gotta be fresh from killing Demogorgon. That's Whoa. right. <laughs> That's right. Wow, that was uh, You, you like that? Did you enjoy that? Yeah. I did. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very clever. Uh, anyway, that's right. We're inter- we're reviewing rather the uh, latest Drist book, Hero by R.I. Salvatore. And if you didn't already hear him, joining me in this episode is podcaster extraordinaire James Intercasso. Welcome back, sir. Woo! It's awesome to be here. Love talking about the Dark Elf with you. There you go. There you go. Uh, in this episode, we're talking about Hero. We we know that right now this is the last book that Salvatore has on contract in terms of D and D novels. Uh, and while we hold out hope that the novel line may be revitalized in the near future, for the time being, this is the last planned Drizzt book after, what are they at, 30-something? Yeah, yeah, so I think, a, right? How yeah, many well, I, I, I know uh, Salvatore includes all of his Forgotten Realms novels and calls them Drizzt novels, even if Drizzt isn't in them. <laughs> um, so, and last time I talked to him, he said it was like 32, and that was at least three or four books ago, so... Wow. So that's so it's been a lot, and this in theory we're going to treat it like it's the end at this point until we know better. Um, yes. So. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, uh, Hero is book uh, thirty-three uh, of the actual Drizzt, uh, like Legend of yeah. Drizzt series. Uh, so that's not counting his other short stories and uh, the cleric quintet and stuff like that. All right. And does that include the the YA stuff he did with his son and and. The Stone of Tamora trilogy. Oh, I don't you know? think that does not appear. So that would be, be another seven plus the Cell Swords, which is what two or three. So that's up to over right. forty. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A lot. And it does not look like the Cell Swords are in here either. So yeah, there you go. So so we'll be talking about that book. We'll be talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, and uh, you know, like the usual. And then we'll also sort of be talking about how does this book feel in terms of wrapping up all things Drist for the time being. Uh, also stay tuned as we review the author, R.A. Salvatore himself, later in the episode. But before, <laughs> before we get into it, I need to thank our sponsor, Open Gaming Store. They offer mostly PDF game products, but they have a handful of physical things as well, like apparel, DM screens, and dice. Uh, my pick for this episode is Dungeonology. That's right. Ooh. This time around, I decided to highlight the fact that they have physical books also in, in addition to the digital ones. So right now, this brand new book f- presents Dungeons and the Realms, including the Underdark, and is re- thus relevant to our conversation, um, in a way that I'm excited to share with my children because it it's got all kinds of little, like, was it like, it's not exactly pop-ups, but activities and stuff in it that you can do. Yeah, yeah, it's got, uh, you know, letters in envelopes and things like that. All that kind of stuff. So right now it is less, and it's part of the Ology series. It's not actually published by Wizards of the Coast, but it's licensed through them, so it is official. Uh, And right now at uh, Open Gaming Store, they had, when I looked this afternoon, they had one copy left in stock, and it was under $18. So if you head over to OpenGamingStore.com wow. right now and get it, and then use the the Tome Show coupon code, Tome Show 2016, 
you get an additional 10% off. It's kind of a win-win. Yeah, that's great. That's a great price for that book. That is a good Go price. get it. All right, so here to tell us more about Open Gaming Store is the star of this episode himself, Driss Duerden. Well, Helen, well met. It's me, Driss Duerden. And I am here talking about OpenGamingStore.com because Wizards of the Coast has stopped my novel line and I need to do something to fill the coffers. And apparently I've been reduced to celebrity appearances on mediocre RPG podcasts. I mean, thanks for having me on and everything. But I will tell you, as much as I may dislike my new position here in life, I love OpenGamingStore.com. They're uh, an amazing game store that exists online. I have a lot of free time to kill right now since no one is writing novels about me, single tier, and I can get all the gaming products to fill my time over at OpenGamingStore.com. PDFs, hardcover books, and all sorts of amazing accessories like dice and onesies for little babies. Anyway, Drizzt in here, signing off. Thanks. So now we are talking about Hero by R.A. Salvatore. In theory, the last Drist book ever out of, you know, somewhere between 33 and 40-some, depending on how you count it. So, James. Yes, what's, sir. What's Hero about? So, Hero is the should we, conclusion... Should we, should we give a spoiler alert? Oh, yeah, that's a great point. I imagine uh, we'll get a little bit spoilery here, guys. So, uh, if you don't want to know what the story's about... Don't listen to us review the story. It's hard to talk about the, yes. what, what's in the story without talking about what's in the story. Yes, yes. And it is – it's hard to talk about what's in this story kind of without talking about a couple of the previous books as well. Um, so uh, because Homecoming is not just the end of the Legend of Drizzt saga, uh, it's also the end of the Homecoming trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, which started uh, with uh, Archmage, right, and then has continued with uh, Maestro and now we have Hero. And I think um, you know we, we can get into the title and what those mean and stuff later. But the interesting thing about this book is that it feels very much like the end of uh, this story arc and then it has like an extra end thrown in. Uh, But essentially it is about um, Drizzt Erden has come back from the Underdark after killing Demogorgon and he is overcome with madness uh, that has been placed upon him by the reincarnated form of Evenel Banray, uh, sort of reincarnated, sort of brainwashed drow baby, uh, <laughs> mind rebuilt by an elephant. Anyway, she's basically the same person, right? Uh, and uh, and he's been brainwashed, um, and he uh, he thinks that. He is actually in the abyss being tortured by Loth and that the real world is not real. And so he goes crazy. Uh, He almost kills Caddy Bree. And they're like, listen, you got to go off to the Monastery of the Yellow Rose and see Afro Friend Fear. Uh, so he goes there and uh, hangs out with Grandmaster Kane. It's a veritable who's who of the R.A. Salvatore universe. Um, uh, yeah, and I because- kind of got the impression that that was, that was the point, right? Uh, in yes. terms of In terms of a, of a finale, like I think he knew what he was getting into when he started writing this book, that it was the last planned book. So he kind of wanted to hit the highlights of all of the characters that people that he always wanted to get to to at least touch touch base with them one more time. 
Exactly, exactly, because you've got the uh, Boulder Shoulder Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Pikel and Ivan uh, show up, and uh, and and they're there. Uh, Grandmaster Kane shows up, kind of like his. The characters that you get the impression when he's writing them are his favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all make an appearance, uh, you know, and all your old favorites are there: Jarlaxle and Wolfgar and Regis. So while Drizzt is getting cured, um, uh, there's this sort of beep story going on where. Uh, Regis and Wolfgar, who are adventuring together, get a mission from Regis's new lady friend, uh, Denala Topolino, uh, and they uh, have to go save this young noblewoman. And there's this whole plot about an infertile king who uh, cannot uh, uh, bear children, and when his wife's cannot bear children, he kills them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so inevitably, his wives then begin to cheat on him, uh, and then he kills them anyway when they get caught in the act uh, for disgracing him. Uh, so it's sort of this young woman who is his latest queen is in this Catch-22 where she thinks she's going to die. Uh, and then uh, Malcolm uh, who is mm. the succubi queen right. of the abyss and the consort of Orcus, right? Um, uh, she uh, manages to possess this woman through a necklace that is given to the king by the drow sort of indirectly. Uh, anyway, she, so Malcolm then plays a big part Mm -hmm. in this story when she takes over this young girl's body she traps wolfgar in a mirror uh drizzed uh with the help of artemis and treary actually who he ends up fighting uh and because you can't you can't have a conclusion to the the story of drizzed without you know there being a major fight between artemis and drizzed Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to have it. You have to have it. Artemis and Trieri says to Drizzt, like, if this is all a lie, strike me dead right here. And then Drizzt can't do it, and he struggles. And the very person who laid the curse on him, even El Bayenre, is like, you know, I feel kind of bad about this, and removes the curse and forsakes the drow, right? Um, and so, uh, and then the three of them get word from an injured Pykel boulder shoulder that Wolfgar and Regis are in trouble. Uh, and then the stu- two storylines connect after Drizzt kind of gets his mind back together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was actually a, the third storyline with even L and, and in the Underdark and Minzer Barons, Anna, right? Um, yes. But that yeah, right. you already sort of converged that one. Yeah, yeah. So there's this third storyline where she's going rogue, basically. She's pulling a Drizzt, uh, and she's leaving the Underdark. And Caddy Bree and Gromp for building the host tower of the Arcane. Uh, and uh, so essentially, right, all, everything wraps up with a with a nice big bow. Um, Drizzt Durden uh, frees Wolfgar from this insane mirror, uh, and Malkinthet is, uh, defeated, uh, and, uh, and then Loth appears. So, like, all at the, at the very end, Loth appears to mm-hmm. Drizzt, um, and saves his life because he's dying, so she's, you know, the, uh, Grant's Evenel, even though Evenel has forsaken Loth, the spells to to bring Drizzt back, and then she shows up and and uh, tries to make a deal with Drizzt, um, like, "Hey, I'll kill all your friends unless you you work with me." Uh, and he forsakes her, mm-hmm. um, you know, as you would expect, as one would expect of Drizzt Uh And Loth, much to everyone's surprise, does not kill 
Drizzt or all of his friends uh, and lets them go. Uh, and then, uh, you know, fast forward in time, we're in the Hall of Brunor and big, big, big. Are you going to do the big spoiler here? I think we should because I think the, we got bi- The big about. shocking spoiler at the very, very end is. Zach Nafindorn brought back to life by Loth as a reward for Drizzt? Yeah. And I, wa- and, and I kind of wanted to be, be – I kind of wanted to spoil that because I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about that too. So, to- so yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. So, so yeah, that's kind of the story in a nutshell. Um, there, and and on, in some ways there was a lot going on. In other ways it moved a little bit slow, honestly. Um, so, so what did you think overall? Is it, is uh, it a, a fitting end, a good story? Yeah, I mean, overall, I think this was a good story. I do get the impression – so I get the impression when he started writing it, he knew this might be the end. Mm. But I also get the impression that he didn't really know until he started this book that it might be the end. Oh, um, yeah, no. I, yeah, I definitely get that impression. I don't know that he knew when he was doing the whole trilogy that right, this, that this right. would be the last trilogy. But I think when he wrote this book, he knew this was the last book. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty much exactly what what it seems like because he does do it does feel like a TV series finale in that everybody's showing up except for Catterley Bonadus, uh my favorite, uh but uh but we won't get to that. Uh He's a ghost. <laughs> right. That's that's right, what, that's, that's, that's where Catterley. He's a ghost forever. He's just a t- forever a ghost. He's he's a so forever sad. ghost trapping the the ghost king into the into the wherever the spirit soaring and that's the end. It was a, it was a noble <laughs> sacrifice. Don't undo his sacrifice. Well, I I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, we uh there were lots of other characters who had their sacrifices who had their sacrifice undone when they came back, you know yeah, what I mean? And, and that's lame. So let Catterley lie. <laughs> 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 or or constantly paced as a ghost. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah, but uh, yeah, I, that was so, I think the thing that was so weird about that was, uh, Zach Nefane, while he, he comes up like every couple of books, Jarlaxle will be like, oh yeah, my old friend Zach Nefane, or Drizzt will mention him in one of those, um, you know, italicized the, the start of the sort of, yeah, introduction yeah, to the next yeah. book or whatever. Yeah, exactly. His morning meditations, right? That's what those are supposed to be. Um, so I, I think the what was so weird about that is it, the the first time Zacnafine really comes up in this book is when Loth shows up at the end, and Drizzt is she offers to him to sort of like, hey, come do stuff for me, and I'll restore Zacnafine to your side, uh, and he says to her like, oh. Uh, you know, if if you're such a benevolent god, you would have just done that. You would have just given me back Zacnafine and you wouldn't expect any more of me. I've already created enough chaos and I'm not doing it in your name. I'm doing it because I'm a good person and the drow are crazy. So that creates chaos, right? Um, and so that's when that's mentioned. And then it's like at the end, it's like, hey, he's back. And it's, I assume, uh, meant to be a signal that like, Loth is starting to change her ways. That Drizdarden is such a good and pure of heart person that he's sw- swayed some evil drow like even El Banre. You know, there's there's no drow more drowy. Um, <laughs> and and so this is supposed to be a signal that like 
you know, if he can sway the hearts of the drow, that means they'll start to change, which means Loth will start to change because she wants to keep her worshippers, uh, which is sort of explained verbatim. Like, that's not an ex- exciting revelation I'm having. It's basically what is explained at the end of the book through a conversation Jarlaxle has with Evenel. Um, uh, but it felt really weird, right? Yeah. Right? Like, it felt, it kind of felt like out of nowhere. Yeah, and, I mean, and we've, had, we've, I, I we've, had, thought, we've had 40 books or 33 books or whatever of Drist talking about and occasionally bringing up sort of his early motivations with Zach Nefane and whatever, but there's never been like this, inst- this this concept of I want to bring him back. You know, how mm-hmm. can we how can we make this right? How can we redeem him? How can we? Let's-? There was never it was never an active storyline. It was always a passive like this is a thing that happened to be in my past. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It feels it- like like if you brought Uncle Ben back for Peter Parker, you know. Well, um, but but it feels like if you brought Uncle Ben back. But it wasn't brought up that you were bringing him back until like three panels before he was brought back. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, because Drizzt would – you know what? And that's actually probably a pretty bad metaphor because Drizzt would still be Drizzt whether or not Zach Nafine had lived. Uh, You know, his his plan was to like I'm going to be a good person and I'm going to follow my heart. And he thought he was going to do it with Zach Nafine at his side. Um, So yeah. Yeah, just it it feels – I guess one of the reasons it feels strange is because – Drizzt already had a happy ending mm-hmm. before that happened, right? Um, like it didn't feel like the missing puzzle piece to me. It felt like we had – the whole puzzle had been put together and then you were like, hey, we got this extra piece and it's got Zach Nafine on it. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it, and it was it, it was it was weird. Um, and part of me like feels like, OK, this is like an ultimate conclusion, right? Because the beginning of the Driss story begins with him you know, escaping his home in the, in the Underdark and his dad dying and then his dad hunting him down as an undead creature, right? And, and so his dad is really important in those early, early books. And so it sort of comes full circle, um, but it, I didn't feel like it was like threaded through the rest of the circle, right? It just sort of was there at the beginning of the end. Um, so, so that was a thing. Um, that said, I, I like. I felt like a lot of the loose threads of Drist were tied up in the book right before the companions, um, and I don't remember the name of it right yeah. now. But that's the one where they sort of wrapped up the a lot of storylines. And Urtu comes back randomly out of the blue just so they can sort of wrap up his his thing for another hundred years or whatever. Uh, and then they went on to companions, which was like the rebirth of Drist and bringing back all the old all the old characters and whatever. Uh, and so, you know, well, not ignoring the things that had come in the, in the previous several books. Uh, and so then we've sort of – I expected a sort of, you know, layering in of new complexities after all these things were wrapped up before uh, and creating these new long, long-reaching threads. And then all of a sudden we get to this book. It's like, oh, no, we got to wrap those up now. Let's just, let's, just, let's just get right to it. You know, because I was – Part of me is like, I, I really want to have the Regis and Wolfgar book. Like, that could have been a whole book of them going off to Aglarond and doing their thing. Um, you know, the, there could have been a whole book dealing with Grandmaster Kane and, and uh, Afra Frenfrayer, um, which I thought was fanta- would have been fantastic. Uh, as much as I really, really hated the name Afra Frenfrayer for, like <laughs> for like at least two books, um, I guess I've sort of come around on him because he's such a cool character. Um, you know, and, and 
the the one thing that was sort of drug out in this in this story was the whole craziness of Drist and him not being able to recognize reality, and that was the part that that kind of felt belabored to me. Like he he's Drist, and and a whole city of Drow were there with Demogorgon and went through a lot of that stuff. And sure, they weren't all hit by by Evenel, um, but there was a lot of craziness and abyssal insanity and whatever going on. Why is is Drist of all people the only one who's just completely mind shattered over the whole thing, uh, and and why is it taking so much time and effort to to sort of move past? Although it felt a little bit, you know how uh, like crazy supernatural or fantasy shows will occasionally do an episode where um, the character, the main character, wakes up in an insane asylum, and right. and all and all right. of the and and, and and you makes you question whether or not the whole show has been a delusion and you know all the characters are are you know like the nurse and the doctor and whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think Buffy did that very famously. Um, I, I also watch um, uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead that series, and they just had an episode like that like two weeks ago. So it kind of feels like for Drist, like that's what this book is. It's a giant one of those episodes where he's just sort of, I don't know if anything's real. This is, could all be a delusion. You're just messing with me or two. Just like you did with Wolfgar, or maybe you have been the whole time. Who knows? Like, he just questions everything, and it, it kind of feels like one of those episodes. Right, right. And, yeah. And, and I, I kind of wanted it to move on quicker, but then I don't know what the book would have been about. So. <laughs> yeah, it's so um, – and I, I – you know, I, I agree. I think the madness thing – it's funny because I felt like that that seemed like a cool idea to me. I like that, and I like the idea of Drizzt Arden is going crazy. Um, but what I didn't like about it was that it was the last story. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like a, a a bit of a chump way to go out, uh, you know. And then because he wanted to introduce Loth at the end, he almost gets killed, uh, sure. and so he doesn't even really have like an awesome, amazing final fight. Now, granted. The book before that, he had a crazy, amazing fight where he laid well, Demogorgon low. And that's so. what I was going to say is that is that in many ways, like the big epic story of Driss going back to his home and saving the city that he escaped from the the demon lord Demogorgon himself mm-hmm. was really you know if, if he had if, if Salvador had known a book or two ago, like that was the end, and this whole book is like the epilogue. Okay, so that happened, and here's how we're going to you know sweep everything else up and. and make it clean right right exactly exactly yeah and i mean i think uh i think it's great like i i i really did enjoy this book and i enjoyed the finale aspects of it like i loved seeing all of the the characters who were coming in and the various nods and i think reading about regis and wolfgar together is great fun like the fact that he paired them off together is wouldn't, is, wouldn't that have been a great book just for themselves to run off absolutely the see that would have been fantastic i, yeah, re- I really and, like new regis a lot yeah yeah new regis is is super super awesome and you know it's a shame because the companions really did set up we could go for another 30 books right. uh and then uh you know and 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 now they're on a uh, at least a hiatus at the very least right yeah and and uh, it- and this book is set up – like the way it concludes, like it ties up the, the loose ends. So if this is the last just book ever, it's satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it, it leaves enough open doors that if this isn't the last book, he can continue writing just books forever. Now we can find out oh, what's life for, for, with just like now that he – you know his dad's around. 
you know, like he always wanted him to be. And that's a whole new wrinkle in the whole story and they could keep doing it. Uh, unlike, yeah. unlike Aaron Evans' book, uh, The Devil You Know, where they it, the, the book is very – I don't know if you've read that one. Yes. Okay. So, so that that one ends, and it's a very satisfying conclusion to the story. Uh, and we're gonna we, we actually I'm actually recording a book club episode about it uh, tomorrow or Thursday Thursday whatever I don't even know what day it is. Um, but but the point being, um, when that one ends, there's an actual like epilogue section where it's like, and years later, here's you know what happened, and here's where people are living, and who's married to who, and all that kind of stuff. It's like okay, well. That book's not going to continue. Like, it doesn't matter what happens with the novel line and the licensing and all that kind of stuff. Like, Aaron Evans clearly has signaled, and this is the end of the Brimstone Angels. We're done. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think he he definitely leaves it open. You know, we we learn. And again, these are more spoilers coming. But at this point, you definitely don't care if you're still listening. (laughs) you know, uh, uh, Drizzt has a child on the way. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. and so like that would, that's going to be an extremely interesting thing to read about. You know, I kind of want to read about the kid who's like, Oh my God, dad, you're so righteous. Like, is it going to be a little <laughs> bit of the, the preacher's child, right? That, that he would have like a wild child who, uh, that is, isn't that is simultaneously so, so righteous and so angsty. Like Drizzt, yes. Drizzt is definitely Batman, right? he absolutely is he he really really is you know and so like and imagine a kid who grows up like in in a world where brunor is your grandfather uh you know and drizzt is your dad and caddy brie is your mom and you've got uncle wolfgar and regis and uncle jarlaxle like this kid is gonna be (laughs) messed up uh (laughs) <laughs> I would be horribly disappointed if the kid didn't grow up to be a cleric because that is the one thing, at least since Catterley left, right, that, that the Driss <laughs> series has not had. One of the things that drives me crazy about uh, D&D novels is that they seldom feature clerics and a cleric is such a, an essential part of what it means to be D&D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, they they could definitely use one. Uh, so uh, I mean, You, you kind of got some clericiness with Caterbree now, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and with uh, with even El Bayenre, uh, you know, she's a priestess I mean, of, of Lolf. Yeah, so, but what do you think is going to, like, she's not going to team up with the, the companions at this point, is she? What do you think is going to uh, happen with her? I don't know. So that's, that's interesting, right? Um, because they definitely have made it clear that she's left and that she's not evil, you know, and they hint that she's walking the, you know, she'll walk the same path as Drizzt. Um, but I think she's, you know, she's not as pure at heart as Drizzt. Yeah, is I don't, I don't know that, that I buy the fact that she's not evil. I think th- I buy the fact that she, she chose to help out Drizzt. Like she feels some sort of affinity for him. And mm. Although honestly, even that was a little bit out of the blue. Like I felt like two thirds of the book was her just being her. And then suddenly at the, at, in the last third, it was like, eh, you know what? No. Forget all this drow stuff. I'm leaving. You know, I was like, wait, yeah. wait, 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 where did that come from? What are you doing? <laughs> and again, it felt like something like you know maybe Salvatore uh, books books down the line, right? He was gonna start planting the seeds for this in this book, have her help, and then have her like you know go back to Menzo, you know that kind of thing. Right. Uh, but it again, can, it can I be think played off as some sort of manipulation or whatever. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So, but it is definitely left open. You know, uh, Drizzt is still out there. He's he's like werewolf hunting, kind of. Um, you know, helping out all the uh, the Harples who have mm-hmm. turned 
into werewolves and uh and so yeah. that i think that's really really cool and and interesting um so you know i i would love to read another book i think where this is left uh if salvatore did have to pick it up it would actually be great because he would need to you know sort of change the way things are right mm-hmm. because we we've talked about before how the the companions came out. That was really cool and interesting. And then it was like, okay, now we're going to help Brunor by beating back a bunch of orcs and reclaiming his homeland. And it was like, hold on a second. Yeah, we've, we've heard the story. We read these before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, my, my hope would be that now it's going to be like now Drizzt has a, a son and, you know, maybe we're going to read about Evenel's struggles with whatever she's going to do, you mm. know, um, so it's going to be cool. And the thing that I really like about this series is the titles can all apply to more than one character. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, like the Archmage could have been Gromph, but it also could have been uh, Caddy Bree, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and more, same thing. Especially with Maestro. Maestro, I felt like Maestro had three or four possible Maestros going on, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, and the thing that I think is interesting is I think you could make the argument in all of them that it actually refers to even El Bay and Ray, that every single title in the series, you know, that Archmage, that Maestro, and then that Hero all apply to her. Yeah, um, I mean, Archmage is the biggest stretch just because she's not a mage, but... Right, right. She's a cleric and she kind of dabbles in some psionics uh, with some help. She's got some. She's got some arcane spells. They talk yeah. about. Yeah, you know. So, so yeah, no, absolutely, it could be. Yeah, yeah, but I think uh, you know the interesting thing about Hero is, I know Salvatore never gives an answer when asked, but right. it seems pretty clear that he's calling out Artemis and Triri as the real hero. Oh uh, yeah, you think so? Well, I mean the 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 chapter that focuses all on him is called. Uh, the you know an unlikely hero or a reluctant mm. hero or something like that and then driz's final monologue um where you know the with his uh, ends with him saying artemis and Triri is a hero um okay i mean yeah although, I, mean, I, I can see it I, I i'm my only thought on the whole thing though is that that i didn't feel like artemis got nearly enough screen time you know i i felt like <laughs> He, of all the characters uh, in the Driss novels, has probably been one of my favorites, if not my favorite, especially him and Jarl Axel. Um, yeah, love uh, it. And, and I, I felt like, oh, well, he had an, an essential role, but it was a really weird essential role of, hey, we need to shock Drist into, you know, not doing something horrible uh, so that he, maybe he'll realize that, you know, that his, that reality actually is reality, uh, which right. all, which felt a little bit weird anyway, because I felt like, like Drist had already had those moments two, three, four times by the time it happened with Artemis. Um, you know, he had it with he had it with Catabri, and and you know there has been multiple times where he was confronted with you know, well, if this isn't reality, then do this horrible thing, and then he wouldn't do the horrible thing because he's not a horrible person. Uh, and so Artemis was just sort of the last one, and even that wasn't like uh, so he has this revelation, but it didn't still didn't fix the problem. Even it, the problem didn't go away until Evenel came along and then removed the curse that she put on him. Right. So none of those heroics, none of the Artemis confrontation, none of none of Driss meditations and whatever, none of that actually did anything until Evenel came along and said, "Okay, never mind. We'll take the curse away." <laughs> so so. I mean, I don't know, guys. I don't know who the hero is. Uh, Artemis certainly, 
uh, has his moment, but but I I need I wanted more from him. Um, yeah. Well, and the the other thing about Artemis that could make it not him is that he, uh, you know, he does murder someone uh, at the end of the book. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and granted, it's not in cold blood. It's to defend someone else. Um, but it's not the most heroic thing either to murder somebody in their sleep. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's true, and right. I think obviously the one big obvious answer, right, is that it's Drizzt. It's the final Drizzt novel. He's been a hero the whole time. It's kind of like even if he's not the most heroic during this one, we're giving him the Oscar anyway because he's right. been in a bunch of other Oscar work. Well, and, and like each book has one that's the obvious answer. You know, um, mm-hmm. Archmage. Right. The obvious answer is that it's Gromf. He's on the cover. Uh, Maestro, the obvious answer is that it's Jarlaxle. He's on the cover, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for this one, uh, the obvious answer is that it's Drist. He's the hero. Yep, and he is on the cover. And he's on the cover. Or at least, I mean, you get their bodies on the cover. You n- none of them have faces. Right, um, right, yeah. You know, and, and so there's the obvious answer, but but all of them also have these extra answers, right? And, and yeah. in some ways... I feel like you could argue that that not even Evenel, but but Loth herself fits into many of these roles. Yes, uh, you know it, Loth could be the hero of hero for coming back and and you know having a change of heart and and sparing Drist and her and his friends and bringing Zacnafane back. That's true. Maybe the hero is Zacnafane. Maybe, you well, know, <laughs> didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, he came Te- back from the abyss. Technically, Jeff. technically, do we even actually know that it's Zacnafane? We just know that there was this last moment. He saw somebody and then he said the name Zacnafane. That doesn't mean he was naming the person. It could be somebody else completely. And he's like, oh, hey, remember Zacnafane? Let's reminisce. You know, maybe it's just Jarl Axel true. coming by for tea. Or, or it could be, you know, it could be uh, a yokel. Right. In Zach Nefane disguise. So that's what you get. If, if we do get more books, you know, it, all of those questions kind of get yeah. to be answered. No, I'm, which and, I I, think, and I'm going to work under the assumption that it's Zach Nefane because that's the like obvious right. answer. <laughs> that's the most clear answer. But mm-hmm. but but it's never I mean, we never actually see Zach Nefane on camera. It's like we see a shadowy figure from the background or whatever. And then somebody says the name Zach Nefane. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, it, doesn't he say at the end, I want to see my son? And Jarlaxle says, you'll be so proud. Oh, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that, that was a thing. I thought I really uh, I thought the decision at first to end it with Jarlaxle was pretty weird um, that like that, too. But the more I think about it, the more I actually like that, mm. because I think, you know, I, I think that Jarlaxle in a lot of ways is. Uh, the same way Elminster is Ed Greenwood, <laughs> essentially, no. in his books. I feel like Jarlaxle is kind of like R.A. Salvatore in the books, that he's, you know, he's got this almost meta view of what's going on. Yeah, and- I mean, I would agree that he has a meta view. I don't know that I would agree that he speaks for Salvatore. Um, sure, yeah. Not, no, in, the, I, not I, in the same way that Elminster is, feels like a, a fragment of the personality of Ed Greenwood, you know? Right, uh, right, he, yeah. But, no, I mean, Bob Salvatore is much kinder and much more uh, scrupulous, <laughs> right, right sure. than, than Jarlaxle. But Jarlaxle yeah. has been described as as the walking deus ex machina of, of the realms, or at least the Driss novels, right? Um, and so certainly there is a, a sort of a wink and a nod to to the fourth wall from Jarl Axel. Nice, nice. So, yeah, he's he's not quite uh, a Deadpool where he's actually talking to the audience, 
<laughs> but but you know there there's elements where he certainly seems to know that he's in a game you know <laughs> or that he's he's in D and he knows how to play the game yes that is absolutely true he definitely knows that he is in D and D you know and and you know and I think he also uh, is one of the most fun characters uh, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, the same way George R. R. Martin loves writing about Tyrion Lannister uh, is the way I feel like Bob Salvatore. Like you, you can feel him getting giddy when he's writing about all of the things Jarlaxle can do, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And it's not just so. about what he can do. Like Jarlaxle is is a sincerely like weird and complex character. Like he totally buys into the the vile sort of drow culture, but without letting it become him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's not to say that he's Drist either, because he's not the good guy that come, came out of the evil Drow society, right? He's 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 playing that game, but he's also willing to play that game and say, yeah, but I can play this game and be a complete ruthless bastard. Uh, but at the same time, like have my friends and and do do the right thing when when you know it suits me to do so. And and like he he's the weird. Uh, I don't know neutral character i guess in 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 drow society (laughs) yeah yeah no i think you're right he's totally chaotic neutral um and uh and yeah i think you know especially if you read the cell swords right he's he's looking out for jarlaxle and he looks out maybe for his friends but he doesn't really look out for the world right Mm -hmm. um or 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 the little people at all times. I mean, uh, he he only does in as much as his friends are constantly doing that, so he he tags along, you know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's super super interesting. Uh, so I I'm a big big Jarlaxle fan for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess what I want to see is I want to see uh, Regis and Jarlaxle and Artemis and uh, Afrofrenfrer team up and just have that novel. Like those <laughs> those are the characters I want to see more of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so, would be cool. That would be cool. Uh, and those are like I think those are the most fun characters. And even Artemis, who I think has obviously very dark past, very dark personality. I think his little quips and everything are just so. Mm-hmm. Well crafted, mm-hmm. um, and and is a great foil for characters like Regis and like uh, Jarlaxle. So um, you know, I actually thought that moment at the end. You know, there's this this moment at the end where uh, Artemis and Triri and Regis are working together to get Wolfgar out of this mirror, um, and they have some really great banter together, and they're they're working together, and like it came back to me that like, Oh, right. The whole reason Artemis and Trier is involved in this mess in the first place is because, uh, over a hundred years ago, he was trying to kill Regis. Right. Um, you know, and look how far he has come. I mm-hmm. thought that was really, really cool. I like that. Uh, uh, so those little nods and, and those moments to me make this book, uh, really worth reading. And I did when I was listening to the end of it, uh, was crying in a pot belly. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. A so pot belly I, I mean, being a sandwich shop in Washington D.C. where you live. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're they're all up and down the Northeast. Oh, okay. Uh, pot bellies. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Maybe they are not necessarily everywhere. I just country. want to give people so, yeah. a frame of reference that you didn't like crawl into a cast iron stove or something. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't that sad. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and you mentioned the the whole mirror thing. And, and I want to say that especially the way that ended up is one of those moments where a novelist without like writing the rules of the game, like following the rounds and all and, and the components of the spells and doing all of that. Right. Where you can almost see the dice roll. That was a moment that felt like D&D to me. Like, felt like a game, a D&D game of, hey, one of our players has gotten stuck into this cursed mirror. It can only hold 20 creatures, so if we just keep tricking more things into it, some eventually he'll pop out, but who knows what we'll have to fight in the in-between. <laughs> like, that's such a D&D party, like normal sitting around the table sort of thing to have happen, right? That's not yeah. the kind of thing you see in novels very often. Yeah, that is somebody thinking that is a good idea uh, for certain. Is, well, well, or whether it's a good idea or not, it's the only way we can get Jim's character back. So just, right. keep, just keep throwing goblins in there and hopefully there's nothing too scary. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And that and I mean, that was that felt really fun to me, especially like like at one point a Bahir comes out and they're like, what is this thing? You know, that also felt like a and d moment uh, and uh, and was super, super fun. So, yeah, I'm excited for um, uh, for people to read that and and uh, and enjoy themselves. Yeah, and that I, I just realized right. that a Bahir made an appearance there and, and wasn't there a Bahir – it wasn't that it'd be here in uh, Devil, the Devil You Know as well. Uh, I believe that is correct. Ooh, Maybe it's a hint about a storyline to come. We have been told that they that they layer things in and hint at storylines. Did you catch the cameo in this in this uh, with the mirror? Uh, I'm not sure I did. Catterly Bonaduce was a Catterly Bonaduce. No, no, no. The, the mirror itself was in the shape of like uh, an open-faced uh, uh, devil, oh, devil yes. head. Right? I did. I did catch that. Right? Yes, I mean, yes. and 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 that's all that was. But it's this one little hint to uh, what is it? A Sarerak who does the the grinning devil face sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. They call him out uh, at one point, right? That she says she's getting souls for. A Sarah rack. Right. And then that's it. And then the, it's not mentioned again. And you're like, but you, you, is you this know, a hint? You know that's got to be a hint of something, right? In the, in the same way that like uh, the last uh, Elminster book had uh, Morden Kanan running around in it, which was uh, a reference to, to his secret cameo in, uh, in Curse of Strahd. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I totally think we're going to, you know, that, that there's hints about here – it hints in here about uh, stuff to come. So, um, you know, I will be paying close attention for sure. Yeah, keep an eye open. Yeah. All right. So so I guess we should wrap up, uh, talk about any last thoughts we want to share, anything we haven't mentioned so far that we want to bring up um, before we before we move on. Yeah. Last thoughts? Yeah. Uh, so for me, I think um, I, I, I totally recommend if you're a Drizzt fan – uh, that you check this out. I think it's a, uh, the best ending, uh, you're going to get if it was really announced, uh, like, uh, very short. And I get the impression from reading other authors, blogs and things that, that this was kind of a surprise. Um, mm-hmm. I think Salvatore did a great job wrapping up mm-hmm. things. Uh, and I think people should, uh, should read it and check it out. Um, I think, you know, there's some, some fun, interesting conclusions there. There's a lot of fun character moments. Uh, it's certainly not a perfect book. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it is, it is a good end to the series if this is indeed the end. Uh, and I think, you know, um, 
I think uh, finally there were sort of some ways to deal with, you know, I feel like in the last several books, Salvatore has tried to tackle some more adult themes Mm -hmm. and it felt very clumsy. Um, And I feel like a lot of the adult themes tackled in here were were pretty elegant. You know, the the, um, infertile king and and uh, and his wife and everything. Again, I don't know that it was handled perfectly, uh, Mm. but I do think it was an interesting catch 22 and it was great for the plot. Like everything made sense and contributed to the plot. And it didn't just feel like you know, weird sex for the sake of weird right. sex or sexual and violence I, for the sake. And of I mean, arguably violence. the, the entire main storyline, like the a, a list storyline was about dealing with, with mental health issues. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah, totally. Which, totally. which was, I thought was handled decently well and given uh, appropriate gravity. Um, yeah. And I thought it really did show the struggle of, yeah, I, I felt really bad for Drizzt. And uh, and I wanted him very and I, you know, I was not sure. I was like, well, if this is the last book, Drizzt could die. Right. Sure. (laughs) Like maybe he is going to kill off Drizzt. uh, And if you're an author and you're mad enough, you might. Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, I I was glad to see that I was relieved to see that he didn't. And I was glad to see that I was actually worried about Drizzt's life for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, and, and I guess to to wrap up my thoughts, um, I mean, if you've been following along along with Drist this whole time, um, you know, I, you don't need to hear this review. You're going to read it if you haven't already, uh, and and you should. It, it gives you a nice sort of it puts a nice bow on things and, and wraps things up in a way that that feels like at least we're not just dangling. Like you know, we didn't hit the season finale of of some TV show and then it got canceled over the summer and we never had the the cliffhanger wrapped up like everything feels more or less wrapped up if it needs to be um and if you haven't been following along with the Driss novels then this is not a place to start so <laughs> don't start at the end like maybe go back a, a trilogy or two at least um if you're going to get into Driss so I guess those are my last thoughts uh at this point we want to toss it over to an interview with uh R.A. Salvatore himself talking about the book, so take it away, us talking to Mr. Salvatore. We are back here now with uh, R.A. Salvatore, New York Times bestselling author and and writer of... uh, We were trying to do the count uh, last night, Bob, and we recorded the other part. Uh, We're guessing somewhere like 44 total Forgotten Realms novels, is that about right? Mm, Let me see, 33 Dritz, 3 Stone of Tamora, and 5 Cleric. So, 41. Wow. Does the 33 Driss also include the sellswords? Yes, that includes the sellswords, but no, it doesn't include War of the Spider Queen. That's probably what you added. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm (laughs) guessing you counted Stone of Tomorrow as one instead of three and added this. See? I counted that as as three. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, Clara Quintet and that and 33 Driss and the... The um, collected stories, I guess, counts because it's a I, whole bunch of all put together. Um, <laughs> and that doesn't include, you know, the, like the graphic novels and that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, what a journey. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Dritz will, will be 30 in July. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. 30 plus 100-year jump, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, it was the 100-year jump that got me. I was doing okay until I turned 152, I think yeah, it was. 
<laughs> Very good. So, so we're here to talk to you about uh, the latest of Drist books, uh, which is Hero, which is the uh, the the last contracted book at the time to- for the time being. Um, you know that. I, I, I heard a rumor uh, of people very loudly speaking about how there were no contracts in the realms anymore. <laughs> so, how would they know? Some of them are writers in the realms. So they would know what they had. I suppose. <laughs> in any case. Uh, I mean, haven't we seen enough damage from fake news for one year? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'd be happy to if you want to. That would be so cathartic if we yeah. could just talk about that all. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Can the Tome Show be the, the info wars of D&D news? <laughs> uh, <sighs> all right. In any case, moving on to our topic of conversation. Hero, uh, as concrete or esoteric as you want to be, what is Hero about? It's about Dritz realizing how perfect everything is and then disbelieving it all because he's been messed up in the Underdark and his quest to basically find his center, his self, and and self-actualization, which he will need because there's some pretty bad things after him. And they're not after his body. That's the easy part to go and kill him. They're after his soul. So he really needs to get his head straight. And that's what Hero's about. It's also the... I would say payoff for 30 years and I feel really good about it. That's about, I don't know what else to say. I just feel really good about it. Yeah. I, uh, I know that when, when I got to the end, so I was listening to the audiobook and I was in a sandwich shop, uh, here in, uh, Washington DC and, uh, I got to the end and I just started to cry. Um, because uh, uh, because I was kind of like I was happy and I was sad at the same time. And, you know, I was thinking about the, the journey that I've taken with the character and everything. And I feel like your own journey is so much more personal, probably, than almost any other reader, because you, you've been living with the characters for so long. Right. Um, and observation. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, every every single day. So what was it like to sort of bring it to this point, you know, to, to bring everything to the, to this point where, um, you know, Jeff and I in our in our conversation before this had a very spoilerful uh, conversation about it. Um, so, you know, wh- what sort of uh, for you emotionally, what was it like? It was. It felt good. I mean, it felt right. It felt like I had brought all of the characters through their journeys, their respective journeys, Dritz, particularly Adamus and Trary, I think. And and, um, so I felt this great sense of satisfaction and this great sense of frustration because I realized that the story will never end, that Mm -hmm. no matter what I do, I will close the last page of the book and I will have 10 more books I want to write. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't, frustration might not be the right word, but it's, um, it, it can't end. And for me, until I end, if that makes sense, it's a, such a part of my life and who I am and what I've, you know, how I make sense of the world that, um, it, it amazing. It's just amazing to me. I mean, I, I kept thinking back to that moment in in um, 1987, in mid-July 1987, when I had just 
on spur of the moment added Dritz as Wolfgar's sidekick. And I started writing the Crystal Shard and I had him running across the tundra and this guy kind of ran into my life. And it's just been, yeah, the outpouring from this book has been amazing because so many people have heard the rumors you've alluded to. Mm. And, you know, your reaction, I've, I've had more people write to me and say, I cried at the end of this book than every other book I've ever written combined, I think. Wow. Including Mortalis, um, which is the one where you're supposed to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, and they, they're all saying it in a good way, not like, oh my God, I couldn't, I cried this was such a waste of time or anything like that. <laughs> it, um, right. So, you know, I mean, for me, it's a, there's a huge, whether those rumors you heard are true or not, and again, I'm not commenting on anything in the realm's post-hero. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever the whatever happens now or five years from now or ten years from now, this is the end of an era for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, emotionally with a group of characters that I I love dearly. And that and even if even if I write them again, this is um kind of like the, the original cast, the um the, the the big the main run of the, of it you know mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is the circle this circle's complete doesn't mean it can't roll into a second circle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this circle's complete yeah yeah and I sort of <laughs> felt I sort of felt like that that we had kind of closed a circle or almost closed a circle with the book that came right before the companions and I can never remember the title of it. Um, Last threshold. Yeah, there you go. Because and because it, it felt like you were you were tying up a lot of threads there, and then kind of giving new life to it with companions and starting a new a new thread. Well, it was supposed to be. I mean, the transition right. series was supposed to move Dritz away from his companions, which right. he did. And but you know when when they did fourth edition and we talked, we've had this talk before. When Ed mm-hmm. Greenwood and I walked out of that meeting for fourth edition, Ed was like, "What are we going to do?" Mm-hmm. I said we're going to think longer term than they are because they're going to come back to us and say, "Help, we got to fix this," <laughs> and they did, and we were ready with some answers, and that was the sundering. Mm-hmm. So, but during transitions, I had no idea that was going to happen. Um, you know, the sundering didn't come up. I was working on Last Threshold when the sundering came up, and so I changed the the ending of Last Threshold, and I started thinking about how I could tie the two together and you know make it different acceptable enjoyable for the readers and help them fix what had happened with their time leap and the mm-hmm. change of game editions so so in this one you you also have similarly uh Tied up all the uh, many of the loose threads from the the previous series, uh, Sense Companions, uh, and and um, and in generally uh, very satisfying ways. Um, but there were some areas where where I wondered, like the the story with Evenel, um, or the story uh, with um, Zachnafine, because and we mentioned that we're being spoilery, so 
<laughs> uh, people should mm. expect that we're that that they have read the novel uh, if they're if they're listening in at this point, or they don't care to hear if they hear spoilers. Um, you know, with those with those stories, um, did those get sped up a little bit, uh, or were those always planned to sort of tie up at this point? Uh, sort of uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, that's that's part of my frustration. Yeah, as I said earlier, because I don't know why someone showed up at the end of that book. I don't know if it's what it seems to be. There are mm-hmm. other possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, Evenel has a lot more to her than I've been able to even begin to examine. She's she's practically the avatar of a god. I mean, she's got Matron Banray's entire memory and wisdom, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I look at where it ended there are so many possibilities for kind of a new springboard and a new beginning mm-hmm. to me. And the two characters you mentioned, of course, are primary in that, but also Jarl Axel. I mean, nobody's ever seen Jarl Axel act the way he acted in the epilogue of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Trary, I think, will get dragged along if I ever go there, <laughs> because he always does. But he's still got some res- resolution ahead of him with, with Dahlia or without Dahlia. I mm-hmm. don't know. And certainly, you know, one of the things when we were going back into the new post-Sundering world I wanted to do was a were some books about Regis and Wolfgar, just about them. Yeah, um, that was one of our like favorite parts. That was on Wizard's Great Table, pairing, and they said yeah. no to that because we had some things we had to accomplish. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty left there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... I it, the story's not going to end. You know, you remember the old EverQuest game? One thing I loved about EverQuest was when you left the zone, you always felt like the zone was still going on behind you. <laughs> and that's what I feel like with these characters. It's still going on behind me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's yeah. kind of a good feeling, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it feels like, uh, you know, in the sense of, of life doesn't, uh, always uh, wrap up everything. There's always more stories to tell. Uh, so even though, like you said, this is the end of an era, a complete circle, there's other things starting that I that would be so interesting and, and really leave you wondering. You know, mm-hmm. um, even, even uh, maybe not as big surprising questions, but like, what's this guy going to be like as a father, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. what's Artemis and Shreary going to get up to now? All that kind of stuff, I think, is is really, really great. And, uh, and, and still leaves you in a way as a person, like, you had an impossible task. Uh, you know, you've been writing these books for, for three years. So to try to complete a circle like this, I think, is really hard. Uh, and I felt so satisfied, too, at the end, um, which was great. So... Thank I've you. heard a couple of I've heard a couple of complaints, but I've heard like for every complaint I've heard a hundred. Heck yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I got it. I mean, I this is when when these series are so personal to me. It's so long running. It's so much a part of my life. Whenever I come to a point where I really have to get there, I I feel very. I just turned on Siri on my phone. Um, <laughs> I feel very confident that I can get there. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and, and and 
Yeah, we I think we generally in our conversation decided that that it felt very satisfying and certainly there are there are things that we would have liked to have seen explored more but you there's only so many pages in a book, right? So so there, we know that there's limitations yeah. to that. I, I I would have loved to have seen a Wolfgar Regis book on its own. I would have loved to have seen more with uh, Afra Frenfrere, who when we first talked, when he was first introduced as a character, I could not stand his name at all, and I finally you know come to terms with it. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so th- there's there's a lot of stories. Um, that, that I would have loved to have seen more. And I guess if that's my biggest concern or complaint with the story, then, then that I wanted more of it, then, then that's not a bad uh, critique, I guess, that, to get, right? No, I, I, I do too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. Right. You know, but for me, it's like when I, I knew, for example, when I was doing The Ghost King, which was really one of the toughest books I ever wrote in my life, because I knew what I had to do, you know? And so... To get myself in that emotional state to write a book is not an easy thing. Hmm. And I have to work very hard to get there. And But, I, but I, I'm so confident now, particularly with these characters, that when, when the task comes up, I'll, I'm, I'm able to get there with it. Because they're so personal to me. I know who they are so well. You know, they can't be out of character. If they are out of character, instead of trying to put them in character, I try to figure out what's wrong with them. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful kind of relationship to have with your characters. Um, I know this all sounds weird, but when you're writing books, these characters become real to you. Hmm. I mean, Dritz is a big part of my life. And so is so the rest of the gang. Um, and I think that's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. I'm actually really glad you brought up Ghost King. Uh, <laughs> I knew because, this was coming up. <laughs> <laughs> because, man, Catterley, I, I just, <laughs> I, the, the fan in me does not want to accept his fate. The fan in me wants to believe that there's more stories for him, too. Uh, so uh, this is my personal plea that, uh, that, that, should should you be able to touch these books again? I'd love to see something happen with Catterley. So I hope Catterley speaks to you and uh, and is able to break out of his ghostliness. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you also mentioned uh, um, out of character, and and on that note, um, Lolf, uh, are we? Are we getting a redemption story for Loth? I wouldn't count on that. I, 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 did, um, I didn't want to count on it. <laughs> again, I don't know what I don't know why the ending happened. I just know that it happened. Mm-hmm. People always say that to me, like you know, what's the backstory on Jarl Axel? You know, when are you going to reveal that? And I'm sitting there thinking, when I know it. I mean, I didn't know Jarl Axel was a band right till I mentioned it in the book. Heck, I didn't know Wolfgar was coming back at the end of the Companions until Guinevere put her ears back on top of that hill at the end of the book. I had no idea Wolfgar was going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's the way I write, and that's what makes it fun. Um, I doubt very much that that there's like goodness and loath. There may be fear. You lose if you lose your followers, you lose your power. Um. There may also be manipulation. And yeah. how do we know it's her? I, I don't kind of, know. I, I kind of assumed manipulation myself, but, you know. <laughs> how do we know it's Zachary? Right. 
Mm-hmm. Oh no, I even I brought that up to, in our conversation. The name, by the way, I just want to point that out. Uh-huh. <laughs> in that last scene, I never mentioned the name. Oh no, yeah. I we had this conversation. I was telling James I wouldn't be so sure it's Zach Nefane after all. Like that's the that's the obvious answer, but you know, Bob is Wiley. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Cruel. <laughs> well, and that's I think that's part of the fun then for you in writing the books, right? Is if if even you don't know, you get to decide when you write. And really the, it sounds like what you're saying is the the story and the characters decide and you're sort of the the muse that that puts that into words. Mostly. There I mean there are things that you have to especially when you're writing in the shared world shared world that there are things you have to know. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, for a lot of the things that happen in the books, it's very organic. It, it happens as I'm writing. I'm finishing a book right now, and, and the ending just changed on me at the, at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. That's but, what I love about writing. But that's in the, <laughs> in the Demon Wars series, right? Well, I don't want to call this part of any series. Um, it's in the world of in Demon the, Wars. In the setting of, of Demon Wars, yeah. It's it, but the setting that- of Demon Wars. It takes place right after the seventh demon war book immortalis but but that Uh, takes place at the end of the book but it's a different part of the land it's all new characters almost all new characters it's a book that no one will have to have read any demon wars to read but that's that's your setting so if the if the characters take you in an unexpected direction you can just follow them and not worry about what the rest of the world is doing right yeah well that's why in the wizards world i have I have tried to keep my books kind of smaller scale, more mm-hmm. personal stories. And when, I'm, when I am going in a bigger direction, they'll usually let me get away with it if I can justify it. I mean, you did have you know, massive wars with, with orc kingdoms and uh, the slaying of Demogorgon in the middle of drow cities. So that's not too small of a story. Well, <laughs> the truth of that is that um, they told me, yeah, you know, because of we want Driss to kill Demogorgon, and I laughed. And, <laughs> and I realized that Demogorgon in 5th edition wasn't the same as Demogorgon in 1st edition. He was, like, 30 feet tall, and, mm. you know, I mean, that, that whole scene when Driss first went into the cavern to fight him and saw him and just spent the whole time running, um, that whole scene was my kind of my reaction when they told me Driss, they really wanted Driss to fight Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, how do I even make that remotely plausible or interesting? <laughs> you know, Dritz sees Demogorgon. Demogorgon destroys the world around him. Right. Now what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so there are things they ask me to do. They ask me to blow up Gauntlegrim. Right. I mean, um, Neverwinter, which was yeah, fun. Yeah. They asked <laughs> me to, um, you know, have Dritz kill Demogorgon, which was fun. Yeah, so kept... there are things there are things they ask me to uh-huh. do for other for other products in the ecology of the of the world, and that's my responsibility. But generally speaking, the books aren't about that; they're about the characters. Uh-huh. And on that note, they leave me alone. They let me go where I want to go with them. Yeah, and in this one, I mean, we got a fairly satisfying, uh, uh, at least touchstone with with all of the the dangling threads and uh, of characters. Um, you know, I was I was pleased to see uh, Afra Frenfair make make a, a meaningful appearance. Uh, Artemis had a major role to play, although you know I would, probably would have liked more Artemis, but you know, that's probably true in most books. I would like more Artemis. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Ef- no, Efren, Efren and Dahlia don't really 
making any appearances in this book. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even really know where to go with them at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be careful. I, when, I, when I was tasked to write Vector Prime, right, the first uh, New Jedi or the Star Wars book, mm-hmm. they said, yeah, we want you to use the major characters and they all have to be in it and we want you to do X, Y, and Z and these are the enemies. You know, we, we want to develop these enemies and we need a period victory. And I said, okay, the major characters. So what, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, R2-D2 and C-3PO. They said, oh, yeah, and Lando and uh, Jayla, Jaina Jason and Anakin and Mara Jade. And, and they just kept going and going and going. And I'm like, um, <laughs> you can't do that. Right. Um, so in this book, I really had to limit the screen time on some. Sure. Um, I really wanted to get some more Regis and Wolfgar in there. I thought Bruner had gotten plenty of exposure in the previous books. You know, Vengeance of the Iron Dwarf and Rise of the King and all that. Bruner was front and center from every book since Gothelgrim. Yeah, Bru- yeah uh, Bruner's had his, his time in the spotlight late, lately. Yeah. So. yeah, so I I was okay with kind of putting him aside and letting him be a king with his two queens and all that. Uh, Caddy Bree, I, I, I had her in there, but for the whole series, um, she was really in there as the anchor back to the, the host tower mm-hmm. and kind of the side stories that were going on to advance the plot with people like Gromp. Um, but I really wanted Dritz and to be in there, and I didn't. Even the other dwarves, um, you know, they were with Bruner, so they were okay. Um, I really wanted Dritz, a lot of Dritz, and Trary. People need Entrary. They they're like you. They want more Entrary, <laughs> more Entrary, more Entrary. Of course, I'm not going to write a Dritz book with Jalax all around. With Jalax, was not playing a big role. Sure. And the monk I loved. And, and I really wanted to get him in there. And besides, more than anything else in the world, I wanted Dritz and Grandmaster Kane to tangle. <laughs> that was like, that was something I just had to do. That was awesome. Yeah. So, I yeah, I mean, for me, it was, it was, the villains were pretty clearly defined at the beginning who they had to be. And it almost became a pick and choose on the heroes. And it was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. It was pretty easy just because of where the other books had gone. I mean, I don't really know what I could have done with Dahlia. If I'm leaving Caddy Bree sure. as the anchor back at the host tower, what do I do with Dahlia? Mm-hmm. Is she going to be with Dritz? Is, I'm going to have to get into all that again, and I don't want to get into that right now because that seems settled to me. Because you got to understand, one of the things that people – you're reading the books one a year. Yeah. And so it's more immediate. Everything that happens is more immediate to people. It's like when Wolfgar came back in, in, in the, um, the early books when he was gone and he came back. And he really had nothing to say to his friends. And they had nothing to say to him. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. And then, but I'm thinking, I have friends I haven't seen in five or six years. And when you see them, it's like, how's it going? Good. Oh, how are you doing? Good. Good. We should have lunch sometime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, that's reality. Mm-hmm. So like with the whole Dritz and Dahlia thing. A long time and a lot of things have passed since, <clears throat> you know, the ne- the uh, Neverwinter series. Mm-hmm. So that makes it a little easier because if, if, if the big conflicts and emotions and relationships are in the past and nothing really happened with them for five years, 10 years, 15 years, it makes it easy. It makes it much more complicated to bring a character back in. And give him or her the the amount of time you need to catch everyone up to speed, than to just mention the character off to the side. Mm-hmm. 
So basically, it was me deciding which characters were going to make, were, were going to get some screen time and why. If, like, for example, when, when Regis from Wolfgar were over in um, the Bloodstone lands, it was a no brainer to me that they were going to meet a couple of old friends, um, Boulder Shoulder Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, who I've been missing for years. You know, I haven't written them in. 12 years and I missed them so they had to come back and make a make an appearance it's um but again it's like it's like which of this group of tools and if you think of characters as tools best serve the story mm-hmm. yeah totally totally it's uh I, I love that you uh you're talking about all of the the different characters because one of the things that's really cool about homecoming is the you know the one word uh noun title of the book right it's usually like oh there's one person who obviously fits this description but then maybe there's one or two other people who like could be the archmage or could be the maestro uh or could be the hero um i assume that all of that was was that by design like do you pick the title of the book and then uh and then are you going like you know this could apply to a lot of people and i'm, I'm gonna leave it open like that that's exactly what i did and they finally let me pick a title for a book hey <laughs> <laughs> yeah for me the best one was maestro um well mm-hmm. actually hero too because it's you know there's a couple of ways to go with that in this book, yeah. um, but Maestro to me was 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 my favorite because, you know, everyone thinks Jal Axel's the Maestro, and that means on the cover, and to me the Maestro was even out. Mm. Hmm. Yes, yeah. she's the one that's made all these things roll. Right. Yeah, she's the master manipulator. Well, and I. And I'd even consider Loth herself as the maestro because she manipulated the whole situation with the Gromf and, and all that. Yeah, but I think you could pretty much you can pretty much figure that if I'm writing the book, the gods have a minor role. <laughs> I see. I always think of the gods more of a manifestation of their followers' wishes than anything on their own because I don't like the Deus Ex Machina aspect of gods. Um, it was pretty fun though to have to have her show up and in, in, in that. <laughs> One encounter where I finally showed her, because that's the only time she's been in one of my books. If it was her, oh, it was her. That was Loth. Absolutely. You said you you you're the one who said that earlier when I when we were talking about Loth. No, that was her. Okay, that was absolutely her. Um, I thought you meant it was Loth that brought that brought him back. At oh, 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 that too. That's unanswered. Um, but yeah, no, that was her in that car. That absolutely was her. At least in my mind. But what do I know? I'm just listening to Driz tell the story. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, speaking of, of craziness in the story, uh, the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> mirror of life trapping. I love those. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> the scene of Wolfgar is trapped, and so they just keep throwing goblins into it. <laughs> love it. Like, tell me I that. gaming group do that 25 years yes. later. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to ask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's precisely what I'm like. That is obviously something that some gaming group did, right? So yes, apparently oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Go is. catch a goblin, throw it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what comes out? But eventually, it'll be our guy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I had so much fun with that. Well, the one thing, the one problem with this book that I was afraid of is I had to be careful 
because there was so much introspection and things I had to say. I mean, you know, my favorite part of the book was when Ivan L. told Jarl Axel that he was disappointed in Dritz because Dritz wasn't strong enough. Because he didn't understand that what Dritz was going through had nothing to do with being strong or weak. It had everything to do with his mind was hurt. He was injured. Um, and I really wanted to get that in there because, you know, finally we're having that conversation about depression, mental illness, and all of that. I was going to ask about, about whether that was an, an analogy for mental illness for you. I had a brother-in-law went to Vietnam, came back from Vietnam broken, and wound up dead, wrapped around the tree in his car. Mm-hmm. And I watched PTSD firsthand with it. And we didn't know what it was back then. It was just shell shock, right? Mm-hmm. And so you always heard, you got to be stronger, you got to be stronger, mm-hmm. and all this other crap. And, and that's, that's just not the way it works. The words weak and strong have no place in the discussion at all. And being able to say that in the book was something I really wanted to do because – it's, I mean, look, when I lost my brother, I was depressed for two years. Mm-hmm. I am one of the most strong-willed people you will ever meet in your life. I am the guy who will, you know, if, if we're having a contest of staring, you're going to lose. If, if we're having a contest <laughs> of, uh, you know, holding, holding something over your head, I will break down physically before mentally I will put it down. That's who I am. I am I'm an incredibly strong-willed person. And when I was going through that depression after I lost my brother, I, I, on many occasions, said, snap out of it. And it worked for like a minute. Yeah. It's not a controllable thing. And that's important. That's really important that we get that and we understand that. Um, and so I felt really good putting that in there because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, for one thing, I, I hear from a lot of soldiers. I hear from a lot of guys coming back from war zones who have who have come back with issues and they like the escape of the books. So I find I'm, it's a very personal issue to me and it's a very important issue to me. And whenever I can get that in the books and it makes sense and it actually advances the story of the books and I'm not just being preachy, I feel like I'm doing something pretty cool. Yeah. No, and I, I really – I mean you talked – I think last time we, we chatted, uh, we talked about – the the more mature themes that have started to work into the the novels, uh, the Driss novels, and uh, uh, this was one that I thought was was really well done. Like the the discussion of of mental illness and and the portrayal of it in a in a very realistic and serious and mature way, uh, I think sent a good me- sent sent a good message. Yeah, I can only get away with so much in the books, but those are the kind of things I can get away with. Yeah, yeah felt good. Felt good. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't anything about the entire series, Homecoming, that didn't feel good. I mean, the only series I think I've written in Dritz that I would put up beside this one is the Dark Elf trilogy. Mm -hmm. That's my honest opinion. Mm -hmm. I I feel so fantastic about these last three books. About I did exactly what I wanted to do, and that's all you can do as a writer. You can't worry about what the reader's gonna think. You can't worry. I mean, you do worry, but you try not to because. The truth is you have to find your voice, you have to find your story, you have to tell the story the way you think it should be told, and you have to hope enough people like it that they'll pay you to do another one. Mm-hmm. That's what being a writer is. And, um, yeah, it just, you know, there's, I am smugly satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. James, any last questions before we, we let Bob sort of share his last thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I just, uh, I, I think more like, I just want to thank you. Uh, so I've been reading your books 
since middle school, and mm-hmm. uh, they have certainly uh, opened my uh, opened my mind, made me think about storytelling in different ways, taught me certainly how to write awesome action scenes. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, so thank you so much for the hours and hours and hours of stories uh, that you and the characters have given to me. I really appreciate That's very it. Very kind. It's yeah. um, the thing is, it's it's. I would have done it whether I was being paid to do it or not. It's just, it's how I make sense of the world. Sure. And, you know, again, it's, you know, people, I hate the word fan. Mm-hmm. I'm your biggest fan. I hate that because to me, it's like, this is really cool because these are people who have climbed on this road of adventure beside me. And we're walking down this road together, just seeing some really cool things happen. And it's it's a very, it's a very comforting feeling. It's a very uh, communal feeling. It's a very... Um, I, I I don't know. I, I can't explain to you the joy I feel when somebody who has gone through a dark time has come out of it or been able to get through it with help from my books. Hmm. That blows my mind. It blows my mind that anybody reads my books. And um, it's it's a pretty cool feeling. And I never could have predicted this life. And uh, there's nothing to complain about. And one other thing I want to make clear... Um, Whatever happens with the realms. First of all, the word never should be ever be in the <laughs> yeah. in the in, in the vocabulary of a writer, of a people doing contracts, of whatever. Mm-hmm. Never is a long, long time. When I left TSR with a huge fight in nineteen ninety four, I said, I'll never write these books again. And in nineteen ninety eight I wrote more than I had written ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so never is not the word to use, um, but I want to make it very clear that um, my relationship with the people up at Wizards of the Coast could n- could not be better than it is right now. Mm-hmm. I have um, tremendous respect for everyone up there. It, they have been a joy to work with for all these years, and um, they're friends for life, so many of them. Mm-hmm. I, there isn't a person up there I don't get happy when I see. Mm-hmm. And that is something pretty special because they're creative people who care very deeply about what they're doing. So I, I really think that needs to be out there mm-hmm. because when rumors start flying, oh, acrimony yeah. starts flying, supposition starts flying, pointing fingers starts flying, and that's not called for in my case anyway because yeah. – uh, just class people. I've, I've had I've had a wonderful time with them. And is it over? You know, no comment. I'm not talking about anything in the room. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and, so, and, I, and I certainly even even in the rumors, right? I I haven't heard anything that made me think that it was anything but uh, you know a, a positive. I mean, maybe not a positive thing that that some people's con- don't have contracts or whatever. But but that that things are still you know, friendly with everybody and that everybody is, is, is very professional on, on all ends of the situation. Yeah, that I've heard of, absolutely. So. I mean, I'm, all the writers are still friends. Um, I talked to Ed Greenwood the other day. We talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Troy Dent, dear, dear, dear friend of mine. Um, you know, Aaron Evans is wonderful. I love her to death. Yeah. Richard Lee Byers is one of the coolest cats I've ever met. Really like him. Paul Kemp, I, I love, and I love his writing. Mm-hmm. And it goes even beyond that. I mean, guys that and gals. I talked to Lane Cunningham the other day. It's yeah. uh, it's a small club. No, oh, yeah, and it's full of good people, and that makes me feel, you know, Jim Lather, 
I've done, I, I, he always has a project coming up, and if I've got time, I want to be proud of those behind the um, behind the wall. He did. And it was a story. It was a collection of essays on Song of Ice and Fire, mm. and they asked me to write the forward for it. And it was it was a privilege. He's he's one of the best editors I've ever worked with. Um, Phil Athens and I talk all the time. Um, you know, I mean, it's there's there's no ending here for mm-hmm. me anything and, and i want to point out i mean i worked with cryptic on the neverwinter game i worked with idw on a couple of different graphic novels mm-hmm. there's there's so much more these 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 characters aren't going anywhere and the realms isn't going anywhere yep so we'll see what happens but it is it is for me um i'm in a really good place i'll put it that way i'm yep. in a really good place emotionally Good. With all Yep. Excellent. Yeah, and and that's sort of. I mean, at this point, I think I'm in a I'm in a position of of um, cautious and hopeful. You know, um, <laughs> and and we'll sort of see what you know. Only time will tell, right? So, uh, but but this has been a a fantastic way. You know, if it so happens to be not only the end of the circle but the end of realms novels, this is a satisfying ending. Um, you know, it, it's it's even sadder if that's the case, but it's a, it's at least a satisfying ending, and you've put a nice bow on 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 what you've done here. So I appreciate what you've done, and thank you very much. And I get to go back to Demon Wars. There you go. And and I I love Demon Wars. Um, you know, I I can't wait to get out to California this winter because I got a whole bunch of people out there. I have to teach how to play the Demon Wars RPG. Mm. Um, I got a guy, I got a friend out there who wants me to do like a celebrity D and D game. And go. I'm like, let's do a Celebrity Demon Wars game. I want to teach you guys this <laughs> because I love the system, you know? Yeah, and, definitely. Um, I get to write books in that world again, and I love that world. Mm-hmm. The other thing is I think one of the prob- – not problems, but one of the things that has happened recently is there have been so many Dritz books so fast. It's really frustrating for me when I go to a book signing for a new release, and I really can't talk about any of the last five books because in that audience, if there are 100 people there, they're on eight different books or 10 different mm. books because people are busy, and they can get behind really fast. So catch up, folks. <laughs> hey, that's what the audiobooks are for. Those have been fantastic. Isn't Victor Bavine great? Victor Bavine is fantastic. I, yeah. I met him at New York City Comic Con. We were on a panel together. His card says Victor Bavine, actor, voice actor, and he's got all like some of his credits there. And then at the bottom it says the voice of Dritz. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cool, he's the coolest guy. I really, I really love working with him. That's they, cool. um, the people at Audible were there. We did the panel for Audible, and, and uh, one of the Steve from Audible told me that they had they worked out the numbers, and Victor had spent one thousand hours. In the studio with Dritz. Wow, a wow. thousand hours. <laughs> and and he's better at pronouncing the the names than uh, was it Ice T? Was he the one complaining about all the crazy oh, names? That was, that was like one of the most surreal moments in my life. I'm walking down the street <laughs> in Boston on my way to Fenway on the phone with Ice T on his podcast, yeah. <laughs> and the first thing he asked me, "Can you pronounce these names?" And I said, "Of course not." Oh, I love you. He's like, "I love you." Yeah, I told him. Believe me, you can't pronounce these names. <laughs> Very good. And, what, on, and one of the highlights of my life. I mean, David Duchovny, uh-huh. oh, Alyssa, no, Alyssa Rosh, 
Will Wheaton, Felicia Day, Weird Al, Ice T. Are you kidding me? Sean Astin, are you kidding me? These people all read my book. I listen. I listened to the the whole collection on my way to Gen Con that year. <laughs> that was a perfect, it's perfect traveling. Yeah. And the whole thing's worth it just for Felicia Day's dwarves. Mm-hmm. Nobody does better dwarves than Felicia Day. It's a riot. Um, yeah, I, I mean, how, how do you – when I think back, when I, when I go back over the years and I think about all the cool things that have happened, you know, I got to meet George Lucas, spend hours with George Lucas mm-hmm. in his office talking about Attack of the Clones. Um, you know, Billy Moomy. Will Robinson from the original Lost in Space hmm. show, which was my favorite show when I was a kid, uh, read The Demon Awakens in audiobook, hmm. the original version, back in 1996. Um, that's really cool. Um, Peter McNichol, who was Galen Bradwarden in Dragon Slayer, read The Legacy, I think it was, in audiobook. Hmm. Uh, it's just, it's just, you know, Peter Mayhew choked me because I killed him. Uh, (laughs) How do you make this stuff up? I mean, life is weirder than the fiction I write. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's been been a good run and and we look forward to, to where it goes next. Uh, and I know you said you're working on a new Demon Wars book. Uh, is there anything else that you have, uh, you know, release dates on or whatever that's coming up that people should know about? Well, a couple of things happened. I got back a couple of my old series. The the publishers were kind enough to revert them to me. Um, the Woods Out Back series, um, the Spear Wielders Tales, and the um, the Crimson Shadow books with Oliver DeBarrow's Highway Halfling, one of my favorite characters. Uh, and I made, I put them up on Kindle, and the sales have been phenomenal. Really surprised me. Good. But um, I got them back, so I just threw them up on Kindle. And, you know, we're probably putting those out in print again sometime soon. I don't know with whom or how I'm going to go about that now. Um, my Demon Wars game is still going after four years, four full years and rolling. And we're loving it. And Gino is adding character classes. We've added the Sam Hayes, the All Heart Knights, uh, the Chesley Warriors. And um, so maybe there's another Kickstarter in the future for me with Demon Wars. I don't know. Um, there's there's uh, the new Demon War books back with Tor. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll have re-releases of the Highwayman series, which is a Demon War series. Mm-hmm. Um, the Demon, the other Demon War series, the ones that's with Del Rey, the original seven books were recently sold to Audible, and they're all out now with Tim Garad Reynolds reading them, and they're fantastic. Very happy they're finally out there in unabridged format after all these years. So there's been a lot of housekeeping to do over the last few months. I have a new agent that I work with who's fantastic, and and um, also I did a, I did a forward for The Art of Dragon Veil. I don't know if I can announce that, but I just did, and it's, it's a <laughs> wonderful book about I love dragons I mean what's the world without dragons right Um, so I've been keeping very busy in a lot of different ways and Mm -hmm. tidying up the backlist tidying up the audio list and um, there's a couple of really really cool things um, on the on the horizon that I can't talk about yet but I'm very excited about Um, they're keeping me busy and you know, it's it's. Um, I'm writing what I want to write when I want to write it, and doesn't seem like I can stop. So there'll be a lot of 
every time we talk in the next three years, you'll be hearing something new and cool. Okay, cool. That, that's my feeling right now. And and if people want to keep up with that, where should they go? Where should they go to, to see your announcements? Well, I have a Facebook page. At, it's capital R period, capital A period, space, Salvatore. You'll know when you get there. There's a lot of people, you know, <laughs> just look at the followers list. There's a lot of people there. And I post things there. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, I, I, I kind of let it go for a while, but I'm trying to get back into it again with all that. I also, I'm on Twitter at R underscore A, R underscore Salvatore mm-hmm. um, on Twitter. Um, it's funny, I just met John Scalzi, and he and I have some great Twitter riffs back and forth sometimes. <laughs> but he's a really good guy, really smart guy. I like him a lot. There's not a lot to not like with John. He's a good guy. Um, the So, yeah, but the Facebook page is probably the best page to keep up with news for me. Um, there's – and there's going to – the, the problem is that, you know, you, you – you can only announce things as they happen. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, so there are times where I there's really things I want to say and I can't. But um, <laughs> it's uh, I guarantee you that we will be talking again and we will have some really cool things to talk about. Very good. And you know where to find me when that time comes. Absolutely. All I know right. Where to find both of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Uh, so there we are. We're back. And uh, that's the end of the episode. We're done. I want to say thank you to our sponsor, OpenGamingStore.com. I also want to thank R.A. Salvatore for joining us. And James, I know you're you're a host on the Tome Show's feed. And I don't normally you know, say thanks to our host. But I want to say thanks to you anyway because it gives you an opportunity to talk about all the other stuff that you do. So what else do you do, James? <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of stuff. So I have a blog where I blog about fifth edition uh, called World Builder Blog, and it's at worldbuilderblog.me and.com now, Jeff Greiner. Mm, yeah, it is. Um, the, the any award winning world, world Builder Blog. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So if you want to check out a lot of free game content and read about the world I'm building, uh, go over to there. Uh, and then, uh, and I also post about anything else that I'm working on in general over there, post about all the podcasts and stuff. Uh, so that's really the best place. And then, uh, I would say as far as podcasts go, check out, uh, the, the very funny, uh, Rudy Basso created mm-hmm. Have Spellbook Will Travel at HaveSpellbook.com. It is not an actual play podcast, but it is a scripted comedy radio play based on our D&D games. Uh, so it's got wizards and dragons and elves and stuff and uh, is super fun to work on. Uh, and Rudy does a great job putting it together. Every I week. just so got check. caught up in the last episode uh, the other day. Oh, excellent. Hey, did you see that there's a character name for you? Uh, yeah, I'm... I. So I noticed it like the first time it was just sort of thrown out that the piano player's name was Griner. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. I, and I'm like, I, I hope it's kind of a running joke, like that Griner just is the background person playing whatever, the pan pipes the, this week. And the piano. <laughs> like that would be a fantastic little running joke that, you know, that I'm just constantly there in the background, but I never say anything. And I'm just the guy who's, you know, making the background music. Uh, and then it turned out in the last episode, oh, I have a bigger role to play, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. That is right. Uh, so yeah, so check it out to uh, to hear uh, us uh, naming characters after our favorite people. Um, so 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it is. It's a it's a lot of fun. And Jeff, thank you for having me on. Uh, I have been reading these books since I was in middle school. Uh, so it's you know it's fun to to be able to talk about them. And I do hope that they continue. Yeah, uh, I'd like to continue reading them. Uh, you know, for a long time. I mean, I hope that that they continue, and then the author pool expands, and we start seeing some some of the other great characters coming back that we uh, that we never got to say goodbye to. You know, That's Troy, right, Catterley Bonaduce. Troy Denning apparently uh, has written like a whole novel or two that just never got released. Uh, I'd like to go back to Aeroscott to be Shadowbane and find out whatever happened to him. Speaking of, of characters who are Batman, right? He literally <laughs> he literally not, uh, modeled that character after Batman. Have you read any of the Shadowbane books? Uh, I have not. Yeah, but no. that definitely makes me want to read them. So. Yeah, no, he he absolutely like it's it's not even a a veiled like. Uh, uh, homage like it's very obvious that he is basing Shadowbane the character of Shadowbane off, off of uh off of Batman and there's and there's a bunch of story threads that never got wrapped up there um you know Bruce Cordell used to write some really great um realms books and I know he's off doing other things now but man I would love to see him just come back and do some freelance authoring of, of realms books um you know there's all kinds of stuff that I that I want to see happening but we have to have novels for it to happen so let's cross our fingers yes yes give us those novels guys come That's on right. You know, all right. you do. I, and I also want to thank all of our listeners, not only for listening to the show, but for uh, using our affiliate links over at Amazon and the DMs Guild. You can go to thetomeshow.com and find links in the show notes to those things as well. You can also email us at thetomeshow at gmail.com or call the biz line at 919-BIZ-TOME, 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E. And that has been episode 274 where I have decided through the course of this episode that my hero is James. That's right, James. You're my hero. When, when, well, Jeff, Sam Dillon is my hero. Yeah, well, Sam is, I mean, he's a really close second. <laughs> <laughs> so we discovered our heroes as we were reviewing the novel Hero in this episode of The Tone, The Tone, The Tone, The Tone, The Tone. I'm on the wall.